welcome to the podcast that unveils the future of investing. In each episode, we explore asset classes, trends and technologies with founders, investors and experts involved into shaping that future. Welcome to the FinTech Files and today I'm with Alex and Costas, the co-founders of Wealthyhood, the first DIY wealth building app for long-term investors. Alex Costas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Joe. It's uh, great to meet you and you. Hi, it's a pleasure. It's great to have you here. And for the listeners who are wondering, there is definitely a Greek connection here between George, Alexandros, and Konstantinos. But what we're here for is to talk about the future of investing, but also to understand the entrepreneurial journey that led Costas and Alex to start Wellfield. So could we start from that? How did you guys meet and how did you guys decide to launch a business? Sure. We met uh, during our undergrad uh, years. Actually, we both started together and electrical and computer engineering enough. This is 13 years ago. So we have been friends for the past 13 years. And of course, we worked in many uni projects back then. Our ways were quite different from then on. I'll talk about my path. I went to London, did the masters in health economics, worked for a few years in the information systems, and then I decided to switch to. I joined Morgan Stanley there for uh, a year and a half, and it was then when we decided with Costas to start our own journey. Different company in the beginning, not worth who that another project. Yeah, as Alex said, we actually met at the uni 30 years ago. We have been friends since then. We went to London at the same period after graduating from, from uni. I also studied there at Imperial College. And after that, I have been working as a software engineer. And I think that taking the path of uh, starting a startup, at least in my mind, it started in, in London. And that's why I followed that professional career of first joining a startup as a first employee and then joining a larger organization where I was at PlayStation as senior software engineer to, to have an experience of both of those two very different worlds. And while I was there, I, I felt like I have that experience now and the confidence of starting my own venture. And Alex was a person that I knew very well, admired his skills. I knew that he wanted to follow a similar path and we decided to build a team and start something in the investment space. Great. And it's really uh, lucky, or at least nice to see how uh, your skills are complementary. I think Alex, you studied investment management and then there's the technical side. So Correct, yeah. team to launch a FinTech app. And can, can we go now a bit more into Wealthyhood? So what's the, the rationale and what's different from our investing app? Sure. So essentially, we have the belief that if you're a very wealthy individual, the investing world is very easy for you to navigate. You have access to all these wealth managers and financial advisors and access to every single investment opportunity you can uh, think of. Things are very different when we uh, consider the rest 99.9% of us. So all of us who are not that wealthy and don't have access to all these professionals. And if we're talking about millennials and uh, investing through a mobile app or an online app, our options are quite limited. So when we began the journey, we saw that there are about 100 million millennials in Europe and the UK, and they only have two options. 
Option number one is they can pick a trading app. So there are many guys like uh, Free Trade, Toro, Trading Two One Two, and Robin Hood in the US. A few of them are well established. And the problem here is that all these apps cultivate a mentality of gamblers. So it, they make it very easy for you to access the stock market, buy stocks in a cheap and user-friendly way. But the problem is that users end up gambling. They end up trying to become millionaires overnight and not following any uh, sort of robust investment uh, principles. On the other extreme of the market, we saw uh, a quite recent innovation, let's put it that way. It was a robot advisor. So guys like Nutmeg, Wedify, and Money Farm, and the likes. They tried to solve the problem by creating an, another problem. So essentially, you open these robot advisor apps in five uh, portfolios based on your risk preferences. There are three problems here. Problem number one is that these guys offer low personalization. They don't care if you, George, want to invest in tech, biotech, on, or anything else. You have to pick one with the five pre-made portfolios. The second problem is that you have no control. You can only put money in or take money out of the app. You cannot sell or buy individual assets or change the allocation that you uh, have been given. And the third problem is that to give you this portfolio template and rebalance every and once a year, they charge you from 0.75 to 1%, depending on the uh, app. Now, this may sound small, but if you're investing for your retirement, if you're in your 20s or 30s, investing for the next 30 years, this may translate to more than one-third of your wealth, not ending up into your pocket, but ending up into uh, fees to your uh, robot advisory. So it's not okay. These two extremes are definitely not the ideal experience. Let's create something that focuses on the beginner investor, take them by hand, help them create a well-diversified but very personalized portfolio, and then give them all the tools to automatically maintain it over time. So what we this built around two principles, creating long-term portfolios and investing for the long-term, and the second is have all this automation that makes it easy for users to invest periodically, to rebound their portfolios, and essentially navigate the tough financial markets of our uh, time. Great. And maybe just for the user. So I am a user of the product, and indeed I can see how it's quite different from using a trading app, which I also use, and because instead of uh, trading, I allocate, etc. But can you tell us a little bit about the experience that um, users get and describe it? Yeah. So. The, the main thing that we're currently focusing in the experience we're building is the easy to get started part. So without knowing too much about investments, we take you through the whole process from starting from scratch to ending up to a complete well-diversified portfolio. And that's broken down into some very simple steps that we walk you through. Selecting, selecting the asset classes that you want to invest in, uh, selecting the geographies that you want to get exposure to, uh, selecting sectors and industries that match your preferences. And then having said that, which gives you a, a template of how your portfolio wants you want it to look like, then it's up to selecting the, the risk that you want your portfolio to have. And at that point, you may, after the, those steps, you may still want to be able to add or remove assets. And at the final step, you select how you want those assets 
to be allocated. We make it easy for you because we write some optimization libraries that uh, given the, the risk that you select, we give an output and optimized portfolio, but that portfolio, you can still further change the allocation to match your preferences. So these are the steps in the whole process of uh, getting started. Uh, those personalization preferences, the risk and the allocation, you don't have to do much, but you have a say in the whole process which is the personalization element. So one main pillar is this to get started. And the second pillar is the guidance through the whole investment journey with tools and insights that you can utilize because your portfolio is something dynamic. So as you make changes to your portfolio, we give you all that information you need on every change uh, you potentially make to make the decision that fits more your interests. Being an advocate of people at least starting to invest, no matter what you invest, if you're already starting to invest, it's a big deal. And I remember talking so much about, oh, what we need is education. People need to, you know, understand, blah, blah, blah. You're doing education. I see that your posts are, that's a trend in your posts on social media, but it feels like you kind of educate yourself by doing, right? Was that something that you had in mind, the educational part or skipping the educational part? It's exactly as we described it, George. So for us, it's one thing to educate users through artificial learning guides and everything. And the other and more important is that because our viewers don't have um, hours and hours to get sophisticated investors, is what we call hands-on education. So the full guidance that you get while you use the product. So interactive guidance and hands-on education. As you have probably noticed since you use the app yourself, at every single step, there is an explanation of what this means and how this looks like for your portfolio. Besides that, it's something that it looks very easy to create a portfolio through Wealthhood, full of few simple steps and like 10 total clicks to add your uh, personal uh, preferences. We have taken away all of the complexity of the financial market. So consider a few things. What did you have selected one thing? but you have no idea about which ETF to pick to express this thing. We have done this for you. You don't need to know that, but we have done all the work for you. So essentially, we guide you through uh, a very smooth process. We are opinionated, so we have done all the due diligence you need. We have structured a formal way of creating a portfolio, but still a very easy way. Uh, and yet, you get a very well diversified portfolio while you sit on uh, control C. And just to add, one thing that we had in mind when we were building the app is to, to be able to answer to that single question that many of our friends had uh, when it was about investing. How do I get started? That was something that everyone was asking. I have 1,000 pounds, 2,000 uh, pounds. How, how do I get started? What, what do I invest in? So that answer, we essentially reflected to the user experience we build in the app. So the outcome through that process is not only to end up with a portfolio that matches your interests and your preferences, but also to learn through that process that we've broken it down into some simple steps that you, you follow. I want to go a little bit behind the scene and talk about the tech and also the partnerships that you have, uh, because as I noticed, as I got started, there's a partnership with TrueLayer, which is open banking. 
Where, and that's where I start. That's an easy way to send my money in. Can you tell us a little bit about those partnerships and how do you go about building your app and your technology? Yeah, so we are utilizing TrueLayer for the open banking side of things and essentially for the users to be able to link their bank account and execute uh, payments in the app. That's the open banking uh, side. And we're using Wolf Kernel for client money holding and the, the custody of the assets. Both are very important because essentially they focus on building the infrastructure uh, of different, the fintech infrastructure of, of the platforms. So that abstracts all the complexity that those process involves and makes it very easy to us to not have to deal with that and focus on a very good user experience, which is what we do. I was approached about deciding whether to build, rent, or buy some kind of solution. Yeah, it didn't come overnight. So essentially, this also comes from our time in the previous stuff. We found Daedalus. Essentially, Daedalus was an investor platform for private assets, for VC funds, uh, hedge funds, and private equity funds. It had a blockchain component and essentially tried to fractionalize such investments and make them available to everyday users. I'm saying that is that because this was a much more complex value proposition in terms of the structure, we spent so much time exploring all the different options to do that. We considered uh, building many multiple entities in Luxembourg or Ireland or Cayman Islands, every potential different solution, nominee structures and everything. So by the time we founded Wealthyhood after that lose, we were kind of experts on what works and what doesn't work. And we had also built these strong relationships with partners where we tried to explore what would work for uh, the previous uh, So at this stage, it was very easy. We followed the first partnerships within uh, one or two months. We uh, kicked them off immediately and we knew exactly what we needed, both on the legal and compliance side, but also on the operational side. The previous experience was very important for that. Essentially, the investing space for the mainstream assets, it's quite commoditized. You just have to pick the right partners that make it easier for you and absorb the complexity for the users. If we look at it a little bit more ahead, at your outlook on the you know, wealth management and investing, one thing that you mentioned is that you are rationalizing investing and also your name, Wealthyhood, I didn't ask before, but there's an obvious reference, which is Robin Hood. Yeah. And it seems to me that what we've observed with Robin Hood and other things is that people are not just investing for returns, but for fun or sometimes for more meaningful things. I don't know, change the word or participate in a community and stuff like that. How do you take that into account? Yeah, so this gets back to the argument I had at the beginning, why we started Wealthhood and the pro problem we wanted to solve. So essentially, Robert Hood and the other trading apps came to democratize investing. It was very expensive for uh, users with a few hundred or thousand pounds to get started due to the commissions and the minimum capital requirements and all the rest. So these apps made it easy for them to participate in the stock market. This deal turned out very well because all these trading apps make money as their users trade more and more. So they want to incentivize them 
to trade more, increase their volume, so to produce more money in commissions, spreads, or payment for order flow, depending on how each of them makes money. Uh, along the way, all these guys try to replicate the casino experience. So they try to make it look like a slot machine, especially when you are getting your uh, free stock and uh, all the rest. So they activate the parts of your brain which are more related to gambling and to uh, trying to become a millionaire overnight. Essentially, it's what you mentioned. People are not buying stocks only to create wealth and grow wealth over time. They buy it for fun. And I have doubt they buy it to increase their adrenaline level or to brag to their friends that they bought this stock who turned 5x. So this was a huge problem that started with a good cost, democratized access to the stock market, but ended up to creating some terrible problems with making actually most of the retail investors out there gamblers without any focus on the first investment principles. Yeah. As you both mentioned, there are the different kinds of investing, let's say more broadly. The, the fun part that you both mentioned and the investing for the long run. I'm not going to say whether there's a right or, or wrong. Many people do both. Personally, I, I do both. Uh, it's one thing to invest for fun. It's another thing to invest for the, for the long At Wallingood, we build an investment platform that's focused to users that want to invest for the long run over time. There are other platforms that are that have a better experience regarding the investing investing for fun. But definitely investing for fun and having some huge returns overnight, it's not where you will put a large part of your savings. So it's two different separate things. Yeah, there's also something to be said about the golden days of Robin Hood when and it's also because the macro environment was such that indeed all the stocks were going up. So perhaps it was more fun than today. I guess people understand a lot more about rationalization than fun and how to not mix them up. Yeah, exactly. uh, now going to the instrument. So you've made a choice of uh, using index tracking, um, ETFs mainly. How do you look at across asset classes? And you mentioned that you were before involved in alternative assets. Do you think that's something that can be part of in the future of the wealthyhood experiment? Or do you think you'll be always focused on this most rational and most uh, core part of the portfolio? Yeah, that's a good point, actually, George. To be honest, having explored both uh, worlds of active and passive investing, I would say I'm a big passive investing uh, fan. And fortunately, the stats are in my favor. So if you just consider that more than 80% of active professional fund managers don't even beat their benchmark or the market after you take out fees, then it's no brainer that uh, passive investing is here to stay for the long term. There's another argument into this one. The argument has to do with your investment horizon. So if you want to invest for the next year or the year after, have a short investment horizon, chances are you are probably better off with a market neutral approach. A decent hedge fund or an active manager may generate uh, alpha or beat the market if you want not to lose money within one year. But if you're investing for the next 20 or 30 years, when you can afford to have two, three, five years of negative returns, then the power of compounding is in your 
favor. And it's big time in your favor if you invest passively and stay invested for the long term. So active managers may be more appropriate for people who want to have their money at the place and have some outcome or market neutral returns. But for long-term investors, they definitely don't need to waste money on the fees. They don't need to sacrifice returns for hedging and for safety. So definitely better with uh, passive investments. Now, having said that, I think that for wealthhood, we are going to stay with a passive investment model, essentially do it through ETFs, but we also plan to add individual stocks. But actively managed funds, either mutual funds or actively managed ETFs for hedge funds are not a priority, and I can't see how this may happen in the future. And if we now look at your your approach to grow and where you think the you're heading, first of all, yeah, can you tell us how how people find you and how people sign up to wealthy? Yeah, obviously there are different ways to do that depending on the stage of uh, the company. Uh, our first few hundred uh, users essentially signed up to a waiting list, and it was through some social media activity. We did, and then some referral schemes, word of mouth, and ambassador programs. At the moment, we're very focused on building our presence on social media and building uh, the wealthhood brand. Uh, and at the same time, we're using uh, performance marketing uh, methods to, to grow that audience. So it's a combination of organic methods and social media presence. We're trying, we're running different kinds of experiments. But at this stage of the company, we're most, mostly focused on those two. Yeah, just to add on that, that we would love to have a blend of different uh, strategies. So word of mouth is one thing. It may come, as Costa said, from our ambassador scheme. We're now launching a growth hinter scheme for the audience who wants to join just an average out and referral scheme. And then we do have the traditional uh, marketing strategies. And as the company grows, we will focus more on product-oriented growth. Yeah, actually, I should ask, uh, I should add as well for full disclosure that we did a collaboration with my channel, Fintechorama. Uh, I could track the signups and it was lovely to see people signing up. But it's always interesting to have a, an overview of how, we, how you grow and what you see as the main um, levers for growth. And uh, so can you tell us as well a bit about where you are at the moment and the next phase? Yeah, so essentially we launched the company like uh, a year and a half ago. It was a bit tough in the beginning. We need to sort out everything about getting regulated. We are now putting in place the right partnerships as we discussed. George, we have now launched the web platform of the app, but we launched it in November. We already have a few thousand users using the app, creating portfolios, investing, and then using our tools to optimize their experience. And we're now focusing on launching the mobile app in the coming uh, months. Unfortunately, we're now available only to UK users. So you have to be a UK resident to use Whitefoot as an investment platform. Everyone can create a portfolio, but in order to invest your money, you need to be a UK uh, resident. But we do have plans to expand to the European Union very soon. And by very soon, we want to be in many European countries by the end of the year and ideally by the end of Q3. Yeah, main, main things to expect from us in the following months is mobile app and launching the European countries. And we're both very excited about those two. And if we look now in the future, so it, obviously it's one year on, so it's, it's very early, but uh, 
how do you hope these users that are uh, you've onboarding now how do you see it evolving yeah so uh, essentially we're building an investor app uh, with focus in long-term investing so it's a way for users to to build their you know invest their savings build their pension themselves i, I would say i wouldn't limit it to pension only uh, you, different users have you know different horizons in how they build their portfolios. It can be a five-year portfolio, 10 or 20-year. It can be saving to buy a house. It can be saving for uh, your child's education. The main focus in the user experience that we're building is long-term investing. And I think that fits different types and profiles of, of users. Not necessarily the pension is one thing. I could see that from the financial advisory point of view, this is something that can be improved, having experienced myself to have to sell my stocks at the wrong moment for buying a house that eventually didn't happen. I don't know if that can be translated into an app, but maybe have a point of view. I think it can be translated to an app. So essentially, if you think your house is one asset, while well, you can easily create a portfolio of a thousand or two thousand diversified assets that work together and complementary. Uh, to each other to create a much more robust performance, then I would say it can be translated to uh, an app. It has to be translated to an app, and this is what we're actually doing in WealthFin. Yeah, I was just about to say that essentially I think that as the, the product matures and we're able to support that, I think we're going to see many individuals have very different goals and those goals be reflected in the multiple portfolios they build. So it's going to be one portfolio for their pension, another portfolio for buying a house, another portfolio for saving for their for their children. So I, I think we're going to see that reflected in the app. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point because typically it's not that rational to, to share the portfolios because of the trading costs, etc. But I guess with you, it doesn't make any difference in terms of the running cost or very little difference? It, it doesn't matter, yeah. It makes no difference. Yeah, this, a very interesting perspective. Okay, that, that's wonderful to hear. And I think this is really important when you think about the future of investing and how important can investing be in our lives. I'm very pleased to see something that will not just help investors in their decision of investing, but help people becoming investors at any stage of their life. So congratulations on that, guys. Uh, just to conclude, I ask typical questions. The first one is, what would you do if you were to choose a different career path? I cannot share any specific ideas, but uh, I think I would definitely be a founder. If not, I would like to work on the other side, the VC space or on uh, startup boutique studios or stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I would still be a software engineer. It's something I love. I love doing. But overall, I love I love working and uh, building products. So I think I could be involved in other aspects of product building as a product designer, for example. And I'm also very interested in in startups generally. So as as Alex mentioned, I think I could also be on the dark side of uh, VC. And yeah, obviously. Uh, Founder in another startup, it's what PRD do. And then the, the <laughs> next question, how do you invest personally? 
I'll take news from parents. Actually, I'm very honest because I'm actually using Wallet as my main investment uh, platform. So I do exactly what we I do actually do that. So I have built a portfolio with the basic trends that I, I really believe will evolve in the future. I have also posted my portfolio on LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to have a look, feel free to. And I just make sure that I invest a specific sum of money every month. Because we're founders and you, as you know, cash flow is not the best thing for a founder. It's not very high, but even the limited ones that try to invest systematically on the same portfolio. And except for that, so 90% of my money goes there, of my investable money goes there. And there's 10% which is more fun investing, which I'm very conscious that it's done for fun. So we have some individual stocks uh, in my portfolio, very few cryptos, but it's a different mental account. One is investing, the other is fun and adrenaline investing. Following the same principles as the base idea of how I'm managing my, my savings, the largest part goes to long-term investing. And I'm also using Wolfhood, of course. It's something that we build, first of all, to solve our own needs, at such our own needs. So part of that builds their long-term investment portfolio. And then it's the, the part that uh, you invest for fun. And I'm investing in some individual stocks and also keeping an eye on crypto and NFTs. I thought it would be a fairly easy, but uh, well done. I think that's absolutely the, the answer I was expecting. It's been wonderful, guys. Thank you so much. If you want to add something, please do. But otherwise, we will also put all the links to Wealthyhood in the description of the podcast so people can find you. Thank you very much for having us, George. I know how I really enjoyed our uh, discussion and uh, keep up the great work. It was great speaking to you. Thank you very Pleasure much. Pleasure to be in your show.